time keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. Happy Thanksgiving weekend. Hopefully that was great for you. Praise be to God. And Happy New Year to you as well. Uh, by the grace of God, it is a brand new year on the, litur- the liturgical calendar. I'll get it out. Don't worry. Uh, we're only down to, I think we're at uh, 30 ounces right now in coffee, so we still have a ways to go. Praise be to God. But it's going to be a great show. Uh, we're very much looking forward to this week, and in fact, we're going to have some great guests on the program this week, to include Bishop Strickland's going to be on. I think that's Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken, praise be to God. And uh, today, coming up in the guest segment, 35 past the hour, Dr. Jose Trasankos is going to be on. He is the CEO of Children of God for Life. They focus on ethical, biometrical, uh, biomedical rather research and commerce uh, that uh, preserves the dignity of human life. And we're going to be talking about this new variant that's made its headlines all over the weekend. Praise be to God. We're going to have a conversation around what are what are the facts? What are the fictions, the myths, misconceptions? Uh, is there some overreaction here? We're going to have the latest in that story of the new Omicron, Omicron, what are they calling it? The uh, the Omicron uh, variant of COVID-19 with Dr. Jose Trasenko's Children of God for Life. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Is it Omicron? I think it's Omicron. <laughs> Awkward. Yeah. Omicron sounds like something from the Transformers when I was a kid. Omicron, unite! I mean, I don't know. I don't know how that would go, but uh, something along those lines. Speaking of Transformers, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise, Praise be, be to God. God. Absolutely. Be to God. Hey, you know, I, I, it's funny because I actually, <laughs> me and my friends were talking about this, and we were saying like, oh, it's something more like the Decepticon uh, virus. <laughs> yeah, and, Decepticon. Uh, and then a friend of mine pointed out to me that apparently Earth and the Transformer universe mm-hmm. is called Omnicron. Is that, <laughs> yeah. You're kidding. So I was like, oh, huh. You made that up. Well, there you go, folks. I think you made that up. But I, despite I really that, remember. it's good to be here. In spite of it all. Hey, good news, bad news, guys. Good news, bad news. Which do you like? Rudy, with your new here, we'll let you decide. Good news or bad news? Which do you like? You like the bad news first. Um, well, I guess uh, the good news is you have four weeks before you have to start listening to Christmas music and put up uh, Christmas decorations. The bad news is probably you've already started the process. So there you go. Make Advent great again, I say. Make Advent great again. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, Adrian, you're not listening to Christmas music yet, right? I mean, you're waiting. I started listening to Christmas music four weeks ago. I thought you were a trad Catholic. So, Raddy mm. Traddy, remember that? All, we talked about nope. this. Nope. I started listening to Christmas music wow. about four weeks ago. Wow. And, four uh, weeks ago. And I'll be listening to Christmas music for the next at least eight weeks. Ouch. Probably more. Yikes. Just for the record. Advent. What happened to you? You used to be so good. At any rate, uh, good Thanksgiving there, Rudy. Any uh, any highlights from the Thanksgiving weekend? I'm so sorry. Well, praise be to God for that. 
I got to go to Arkansas I, on a real quick trip, praise be to Jesus, to see my grandparents and uh, and to see my great aunt and to see like uh, distant cousins. I you mean, stop in Texacana? We did. We blazed right through Texacana, actually. I think it's Texarkana, if I'm not mistaken. But at any rate, uh, we had a great time. And Arkansas, a very beautiful state, uh, enjoyed it. I haven't been to Delight, Arkansas in a very long time. And as a bonus, my kids got to ride horses that belonged to their fifth cousin removed. So that was fun. Praise be to Jesus. Yeah, seeing family is good. Adrian, anything good on your end? Oh yeah, tons of stuff. Um, the other than the food, that was great. We had a we had a bunch of fun. We played a bunch of games with our family. We had everyone come over, so that was good. My friend Matt came over as well. Had spent Thanksgiving with us, and uh, after Thanksgiving, you know, the Friday after Thanksgiving, because the, the turkey indoor is a myth, we uh, gave up meat. And, uh, and so that was, that was a good time. I put out a whole video explaining that. And if you were listening to the show on Friday, I talked about it on the show and then I did a, my own thing on my podcast on YouTube channel about the turkey indult, the myth of the turkey indult. The myth of the turkey mm-hmm. indult. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Pies the 12th. Did he do it? Did he? No, he didn't do it. Sorry. Spoiler Ouch. So you'll stick to that, but you won't uh, you won't abstain from Christmas music until Christmas season. There is no law mm-hmm. in the church that says I can't listen mm-hmm. to Christmas music all year round. <laughs> all right, we got to jump into it. Praise be to God. As I said, we are going to talk to Doctor Jose Trasankos from Children of God for Life about the Omicron variant, which should have been called G, by the way. But they skipped on that one. They also skipped on new uh, as well. So we'll talk about all of that, this new variant and what is at stake coming up at 35 past the hour. At uh, 15 past the hour, there are a couple of stories that are of great concern to me, to include George Floyd being depicted as Jesus himself at the universe, Catholic University of America. Really? Hmm. We'll talk about that coming up in the What's Concerning Us. Let's pray and let's jump in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos.
The saint of the day is Saint Saturninus, Bishop of Toulouse. He was born around early 3rd century. Saint Saturninus went from Rome by the direction of Pope Fabian around the year 245 to preach the faith in Gaul, where Saint Trophimus, the first bishop of Arles, had some time before gathered a plentiful harvest. In the year 250, Saint Saturninus fixed his episcopal see at Toulouse. He converted a great many of idolaters by his preaching and by his miracles. He assembled his flock in a small church and that the capital, which was the chief temple in the city, lay in the way between that church and the saint's habitation. In this temple's oracles were given, but the devils were struck dumb by the presence of the saint as he passed the, that way. The priest spied him, that would be the pagan priest, one day going by and seized and dragged him into the temple, declaring that he should either appease the offended deities by offering sacrifice to them or expiate the crime with his blood. Saturinus boldly replied, I adore only one God, and to him I am ready to offer a sacrifice of praise. Your gods are devils and are more delighted with the sacrifice of your souls than with those of your bollocks. How can I fear them who, as you acknowledge, tremble before a Christian? The infidels, incensed at this reply, abuse the saint with all the rage that a mad zeal could inspire, and after a great variety of indignities, tied his feet to a wild bull, which was brought thither to be sacrificed. The beast, being driven from the temple, ran violently down the hill, so that the, matter, the martyr's skull was broken and his brains dashed out. His happy soul was released from the body by death and fled to the kingdom of peace and glory. And the bull continued to drag the sacred body and the blood was scattered everywhere. Two devout women laid the sacred remains on a in a bear and hid them in the deep ditch to, and to secure them from any further insult, where they lay in wooden coffin till the reign of Constantine the Great. The martyr and the saint probably happened during the reign of Valerian in 257. Saint Saturinus, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 11. When Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion approached him and appealed to him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, suffering dreadfully. He said to him, I will come and cure him. The centurion said in reply, Lord, I am not worthy to have you enter under my roof. Only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man subject to authority, with soldiers subject to me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come here, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Amen, I say to you, in no one in Israel have I found such faith. I say to you, many will come from the east and the west and will recline with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the banquet in the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Chrysostom would say the centurion shows a much stronger faith in the power of Christ than those who let down the sick man through the roof because he thought the word of Christ alone sufficient to raise the deceased and our Savior. 
to reward his confidence, not only grants his petition, as he does on other occasions, but promises to go with him to his house to heal the servant. And uh, the fathers really pointed that out. They really uh, focused on that quite a bit, actually. And I was also surprised to see the fathers really discussing the conflict, seemingly conflict, between Luke's account and Matthew's account, because in Luke, it seems to be a Jew who comes to bring this message, to ask for this request, and here in Matthew, we see it's the centurion. Well, the fathers reconcile all this, saying it is uh, likely that the centurion sent messengers on his behalf first, which would indicate that the Jews cooperated with the Romans quite a bit, but in the particular, this one, being a God-fearing man, um, they maybe were more eager to participate. At any rate, I found that very, very fascinating. St. Augustine says, by declaring himself unworthy, he showed himself worthy, not indeed into whose house, but into whose heart Christ, the Word of God, should enter, nor could he have said this with so much faith and humility had he not borne in his heart him whom he feared to have in his house? And indeed, it would have been no great blessedness that Jesus should enter within his walls if he had not already entered into his heart. Yea and amen. This is why we pray this prayer of this centurion before receiving Holy Communion. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. We're going to go to break. We're going to come right back. What's Concerning Us is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time is on the way. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. We're often told that so long as sexual activity is performed between consenting adults, there's nothing morally wrong with what's done. Is this a reasonable way of morally evaluating sexual behavior? I don't think so, and here's why. First, such reasoning justifies disturbing acts like that of Ormond Mivis, who butchered and ate a willing victim that responded to an advertisement placed on the Internet. I don't think we want to say consensual cannibalism is okay. Second, the assertion arbitrarily picks consent as the only aspect of nature's design for sex as having any moral significance. If we must reverence nature's design for consensual sex, then why is it okay to not reverence nature's design for procreation? If it's okay to reject one, well then it's okay to reject the other. So rather than reverencing consensual sex, this argument undermines it. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to have a conversation about this new variant, the Omicron that is uh, making the headlines. Is it as deadly as they say it is or as uh, nerve-wracking as some say? Some say uh, it will avoid or evade vaccines and and all of the rest. Is it going to spread as bad? Is it going to be as as risky? We're going to have that conversation with Dr. Jose Trasankos. Uh, he is the CEO of Children of God for Life, and they track these types of stories. So 
That's coming up at 35 past the hour. But there are, as I like to say, several stories that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure to many of you as well. Now, of course, we were off Thursday and Friday, but hopefully... Pray if prayerfully you caught the brand new shows that we put out. Adrian Fonseca produced two new shows, uh, all brand new content, great interviews, by the way. And uh, they are available on our YouTube channel. Is it GRN Alive or is it on Catholic Drive Time, Adrian? Catholic Drive Time. All right, so go to uh, YouTube, search for Catholic Drive Time, and you will find those. I will also send links to those in our email blast this week. So make sure you're on the CDT Insider email, uh, which you can find on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. But uh, I was looking at the news over the weekend, and of course, you know what? It boggles the mind. San Francisco is uh, now exporting its awesome um, you know, municipal policies all across America because over the weekend, looters ransacked numerous retailers throughout the country and violence ensued, uh, not only in California, Minnesota, here in Houston, Texas, and other places as well. So very concerning stories about these smashing grabs, these, these mass groups running into stores and taking whatever they want and then leaving. I, I think it was a Home Depot in Los Angeles that did try to stop some of them, and uh, they were threatened with sledgehammers. So they pretty much let them go. Uh, unfortunately, this is a very concerning story for many people. What is gotten into our country? Where are where's the moral compass of our country? It seems to be, you know, dissolving quite quickly now. And then, of course, uh, more good news out of California. California County imposes mask mandate inside private homes, regardless of vaccination status. Could you imagine the government telling you that you have to wear a mask inside your own home? I'm like, golly gee whiz, what world do we live in after all? But that's a story that a headline that I read on LifeSite News coming out of uh, California. So, Rudy, uh, congratulations. Your home state is officially in the land of fruits and nuts. Um, I don't know what else to say, but it's utterly crazy what's going down in California right now. Hopefully we'll get a guest to talk about that. Uh, we're reaching out to Larry Elders to see if he'll join us on the program this week. We'll see how that happens. But I want to jump to this story which I found very, very concerning. This is a story out of the Daily Signal. Um, the, the article goes, Catholic University celebrates painting of George Floyd, uh, of Jesus Christ, and um, releases a report on racism. So when I started seeing pictures of circling the internet of this icon of Our Lady, you know, like uh, the Pieta holding her, her son who passed on the cross, but only her son is now George Floyd. Uh, I, this was like wild. And, and if this is in a Catholic University of America, really? Is this true? Well, here's the Daily Signal article, at least a portion of it anyway. It goes like this, quote, paintings depicting George Floyd as Jesus Christ hang in both the Catholic University of America's campus ministry office and its law school, according to the Daily Signal. Catholic University appeared to shrug off responsibility for the painting Monday, telling the Daily Signal that the artist Kelly Lattimore's painting, quote, Mama, unquote, depicts the, quote, Virgin Mary supporting the body of the dead Christ, unquote. Although the artist has indicated repeatedly that his painting depicts both Floyd and Jesus at the same time. Quote, you can identify Jesus by the marks in the halo, unquote, said Karna Loza, Lozoya, I don't know how to say that name, Lozoya, Locarna Lozoya, Vice President uh, for University Communications. Lozoya would not further address the matter with the Daily Signal. Quote, the icon has no place at the Catholic University of America. It is blasphemous 
and an offense to the Catholic faith. But it is not surprising at all that it was put there, unquote. A junior at Catholic University told the Daily Signal in an email, quote, it is just another symptom of the liberalization and secularization of our campus, unquote. Goes on to say, quote, there are many students, faculty, and staff who are concerned about this, but there is nothing we can do. Unquote, he added, added the student who asked to remain anonymous out of fear of reprisal for the university administration. Quote, and if we should uh, sound the alarm, we will be labeled as racists. Following publication of this report, the Catholic University chapter of Young Americans for Freedom started a petition to remove the painting from the two locations. Quote, as students at the Catholic University of America, we believe that it is extremely grave that our university, the official university of the Catholic Church in North America, would cast another in the image of our Lord in this way, particularly for political purposes, unquote, reads the petition, which had garnered over 230 signatures as of 4 p.m. on Tuesday. Quote, no political or social cause ever justifies depicting another in the place of Jesus Christ, unquote, the petition adds. Now, this is a very long article. I would encourage you to read it in its, its length and its, its depth. Uh, it's uh, over at the Daily Signal, and we'll link to it on our social feeds. But I want to say a couple things, and there's one other part that I want to read to you. But um, ultimately... This is what bugs me about this. Now, on one hand, Our Lady, of course, as we see depicted in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, when the dragon is incapable of of stopping her from giving birth to the Messiah and incapable of doing anything to her because there is complete enmity between Our Lady and this ancient serpent. Uh, She has no sin, of course, as the, the Bible tells us and tradition affirms. Uh, she goes to, to help us. She comes to become our mother, right? As our Lord gave her to the disciples on the cross, she is our mother interceding for us. Praise be to God. So on one hand, I think it's great that our lady would intercede for all of her children to include George Floyd. However, comma, imagine if it was me depicted in the place of Jesus. How would you feel if you saw an image of our lady holding my dead body and I was depicted as our, our, uh, our Savior dying on the cross. I hope you would be as equally offended as I would be, because it would be inappropriate. Although I'm glad, and I have no doubt that Our Lady uh, longed for, interceded on behalf of uh, George Floyd, but George Floyd led a very difficult and uh, troubling life. He made very inappropriate decisions during the course of his life, to include... Um, harming other people, let alone drug use and other things. And he died in a very tragic circumstance. I, I would wish and pray that he had not died under those circumstances, personally. And yet it happened nonetheless. But is it appropriate for him to be depicted as our Lord and Savior Jesus? I would argue no. I wonder what you would say. And you'd be welcome to join us in our conversation in the after show for what little we'll have of it in the second half of the second hour, if you wish. Or you can comment on one of the live video feeds now. Uh, possibly. Uh, but um, I open it up to Rudy and Adrian. I wonder, what did you guys see this over the weekend, and what were your thoughts? Yeah, they said there was one in the, uh, in the law, uh, the law center of the university. Oh, really? 
<laughs> yeah, you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm thinking about this since I heard about someone having stolen it, and my initial reaction is good. Uh, someone should do that. And now I'm trying to figure out the moral implications of that, whether or not it's okay to steal someone else's property that's sacrilegious. My initial gut reaction is uh, God's rights uh, trump everyone else's, and so sacrilegious images should be destroyed. Um, but the whether or not it's okay to take someone else's property and then destroy it, even if it's sacrilegious, I'm, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But I, my initial reaction is, these things should be destroyed because they're an offense against God. And I was reading, and I believe it was the saint of the day for Friday, if y'all are listening to the show on Friday, was St. Leonard of Port Maurice. Yeah. And he's the one who composed the prayers of uh, the divine praises, blessed be God, blessed be his holy name. Uh, that was uh, composed by uh, blessed uh, or St. Leonard of Port Maurice. And those prayers he created in order to appease God, in order to give glory to God and to uh, make up for the sins of, of blasphemy and sacrilege against his holy name and in the holy name of the saints and the angels. Because when we blaspheme our lady and we blaspheme the saints, we're blaspheming God as well because they are the, they show the pinnacle of the Christian life, especially our lady. And so all the blasphemies of the saints, of the angels, of, of our lady are just as bad as insulting our Lord. Mm-hmm. So it's very important that we make acts of reparation and whether or not we can steal them and destroy them. Well, I don't know. All I'm saying is there saints have done that. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think the real issue is we 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 have to divorce ourselves from our politics on this planet and and let the chips fall where they may. We we see the world through the faith, through the lens of the Catholic Church and her teaching, her patrimony, her traditions. Let the chips fall where they may. And too often we are so eager to embrace the ways of this world, to to embrace the world in the way that the world sees things rather than the way we see things. And, uh, and then, of course, those that would uh, criticize this will obviously be called racist in the process. But that is not the case. It's got nothing to do with race. As I said, if my image were depicted there, I think you would be upset. I would be upset. I would not want to be depicted there. I think I might be more upset. No, might, you might be. It's, it's quite possible. And it's fine to be. Because uh, the point is this, is, this is uncalled for. And why do we continue to play this game? Why do we continue to, to try to, uh, I don't know, play with fire or to embrace these ideas? College you whiz. Let's just be Catholic for crying out loud. Let the chips fall where they may. Here's a real quick. I have about another minute and a half here before we go to a break. And I want to bring this story out too. Another great uh, headline out of your beloved California, Rudy. Uh, Lee, I don't mean to uh, hold you accountable, but you are the representative of all of California on our show. So there you go. Uh, this is coming out of Epic Times. Leaked audio reveals how California teachers recruit kids into LGBTQ clubs. Rudy, um, what is going on? Like, seriously, what, what is the deal with your state? What did you do? I mean, what? <laughs> oh. T- this article talks about how teachers are recruiting their kids secretly into these LGBTQ clubs, and they don't keep minutes, they don't keep a roster, so they can have plausible deniability to the parents who continue to complain and give them grief for doing such craziness. You know, I was talking to some friends over the weekend, over the Thanksgiving weekend, and I was like, at the at the point that we're at right now with the school system, I cannot see how it is not 
possibly sinful to send your kids to a public school system nowadays. It's like getting to the point where you're damaging your children's faith, their souls, their minds, their bodies, everything, everything. There's no safe part of it. And it's so bad. It is. It's it's, it's mind-blowing how horrible it is. And these teachers, I think if nothing else, the good news, the upside here, the silver lining is that these teachers are awakening these parents so many of these parents who have treated their school, their public school system or even their private school system as a drop-off program, totally trusting their kids' life and psychology, emotional well-being, and all the rest to these teachers. And they're learning they can't do that. You have to be very involved, parents. You have to make helicopter parenting great again. That's all I'm saying. Praise be to God. We'll be right back. More breaking news and uh, the COVID variant. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Luncheon prayers with children look very different than a religious community or a couple praying by themselves. Kids make praying interesting, to say the least. <laughs> Though celebrating Lent takes on a different character when you have children, it still can be a blessed and grace-filled season for all of you. We'd like to encourage you to create an environment in your home that will teach your children just as effectively as any words you may say. This is one of the many joys of being Catholic. We have so many things that our children can see, smell, taste, and touch that communicate the pillars and truths of our faith. Here are a few ideas. Purchase stations of the cross cards for your home and post them on the wall so you can walk the way of the cross in your home. On Fridays, eating a simple meal of beans and rice or bread and cheese is a great way to introduce children to the idea of fasting. Make an altar with a crucifix, a crown of thorns, and a purple cloth to remind children daily of this penitential season. For more ideas on celebrating Lent, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
Praise be to God in all things. Uh, praise be to God. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. So this COVID variant made the headlines uh, as we all went into to Thanksgiving. It's convenient that they waited to Thanksgiving weekend to, to like break the news to the world. Hey, by the way, there's yet another variant. And I found out that there were many variants that, in, that we just don't ever hear about because they weren't concerned. But this one raised some concern around the world. And we're getting a wide variety of reports. Some say it's, ah, and other people say it's, uh, it's not that bad. So we wanted to have a conversation around that, and we invited Dr. Jose Trosankos, president of the board, chief executive officer of Children of God for Life. Good morning to you, uh, Jose Trosankos. Thank you for being on with us. Good morning, everyone. Praise be to God. So t- what is the deal with this particular variant, Omicron? Why is this uh, raising the alarm for some when there are many other variants that we've never even heard about? Well, I, I think the alarm is actually reflexive. Uh, there's precious little to know. Um, uh, you know, I think the most definitive information has come from uh, the South African doctor that actually called everyone's attention to this particular uh, mutation, this particular variant. And her name is Ange- uh, Dr. Angelique uh, Kozia. And she had noticed uh, over um, uh, several weeks that uh, the patients coming to her for treatment had been exhibiting some um, uh, some symptoms that were atypical. Mm. Uh, most of the symptom, you know, the symptomology was different from the COVID infections that she had seen before. And I think most significantly, it was differentiated uh, by uh, fatigue. And uh, her assessment was that the symptomology was mild and the recovery time was much quicker than uh, uh, than versions in the past, and most significantly the the, the Delta variant. Um, but the symptomology was fatigue, uh, elevated pulse, mild fever, and an intermittent dry cough. Mm. Um, and that is what's known. Um, you know, I've, I've read. Um, I've read just about everything that I could find on it. Uh, Nature published an article, um, I think, last night. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the tone of it was, you know, kind of breathlessly awaiting the next disaster that's going to befall us. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> um, I, and, you know, that, that, that seems to be kind of the typical approach. But what's coming out of South Africa, especially from the medical community, you know, the general practitioners that are actually dealing with this, mm. is that this particular variant um, uh, doesn't appear to be uh, uh, terribly concerning from, from a symptomology standpoint. Um, I, yeah, I think most notably what um, uh, what Dr. Kozia had said is that all of the people that she's treated, out of all of the people she's treated, none of them required hospitalization. Oh, wow. And yet so, Dr. Fauci said over the weekend, we should be prepared to do anything and everything to fight Omicron uh, variant. Ah, uh, yes, the politics of it. Um, <laughs> it's uh, uh, you know, from great distances with no firsthand knowledge, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're ready to throw everything on top of the fire. Right. Um, and, you know, that's something that as a society, we've just kind of, we've, we've grown accustomed to that over the past couple of years. So, you know, in terms of, you know, in terms of the mass media markets and the message that we, that we get from the alphabet soup agencies mm. is that uh, here it comes. This is the planet killer. Um, and, you know, before that, it was the Delta variant. Everybody, you know, just kind of, you know, stock up on canned goods and, you know, nail the door shut. Um, here comes the Delta variant. Now we have Omicron. 
Um, They've already started uh, travel bans to many South African countries. However, it's spread now to, I think it was Denmark. Scotland's reported some cases. Uh, Canada has reported some cases. Hong Kong has reported some cases. Italy and France have reported cases of this particular variant. It seems to be traveling very quickly now, uh, let alone the fact that our southern border is a, is a sponge with many huge holes through it, through which many Africans come through on a daily basis. Should we be concerned about this? Uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, in uh, you know today's world, obviously, you know, just is is very interconnected. Uh, you can go from one continent to another in a few hours. Um, and th- this variant has been out in the wild for an indeterminate period of time. It may have been a month and a half, couple of months. Who knows? No one, no one really knows. They haven't found the index patient. Um, but uh, you never know what uh, you never know what's going to come out of the uh, 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 you know out of the arrival gate. Uh, and two confirmed cases in the UK, and and there is concern. And obviously, when you're dealing with something that you don't you don't know much about, mm. uh, it's prudent to err on the side of caution. Um, but uh, you know, I, you know, I think from from a very important standpoint. And, and I was thinking about this last night. Uh, you know, as as I as I read through a lot of what's been published on this, there seems to be a separation between the practitioners, the people that are actually involved in patient care, and the scientific community. The scientific community doesn't seem to communicate very well with the practicing community. Uh, you know, the, the doctors that are actually treating the patients. Uh, the scientists are off doing their gene sequencing and all of the things that they do in the lab. Um, and, and, it, and that seems to be almost in complete and total isolation from what comes out of, um, you know, the real world. So there's this, there's this very real separation between theory and practice. You made the comment a second ago about, uh, you know, we, when there's something new, we had to make kind of prudential decisions to make. Um, what, what exactly counts as like a prudential decision when we're talking about these kind of things? Because it seems like they're going to be throwing out some new, there's a new, it seems like it's almost like the flu, where there's a new flu variant every year. Um, should we have to freak out every time and be like, okay, well, out of an abundance of caution, let's freak out and lock ourselves down. And then once we realize that it's not that bad, uh, then we can all come back out. What does prudence mean in this situation? Well, I think um, you need to find um, a path to the truth. And in a situation like this, it's, it's really hard to collect re- relevant information because there's so much that gets in the way. It's been so highly politicized. Um, and, uh, you know, the actions of governments and the actions of people uh, and the attitudes of groups of people towards one another make it difficult. Um, but in a situation like this, some of this is starting to actually burn through all of that background noise. Uh, uh, there are individuals in the scientific community that say, you know what? Uh, the goal to quote unquote eradicate COVID-19 um, is unattainable. We need to learn how to live with this because it's going to be with us very much like the seasonal flu. Uh, and, you know, I think that orients people's heads differently if they sit down and think about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and a prudential decision in something like this is, um, and not to crawl into a hole and pull it in after you until everything is known. Uh, the, um, 
you know, hold, the information hold, that... Hold that thought. We're talking with Jose Trasancos, Ph.D. He is the uh, president of the board, chief executive officer of Children of God for Life. We're talking about the Omicron variant of COVID that has made the headlines over the weekend, trying to wrap our heads around what is the story here. And on the other side of the break, we're going to pick up right where we left off and talk about uh, the vaccines as well. That's coming up right after this break. Don't go anywhere. Share us with a friend. We'll be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. G.K. Chesterton says, Thanks are the highest form of thought. At the sacrifice of the Mass, we hear the priest say, We do well always and everywhere to give you thanks. Always and everywhere. Have we ever really thought about that? If we were always thankful to God, always and everywhere, what would our lives be like? Chesterton says, We should always endeavor to wonder at the permanent thing, not at the mere exception. We should be startled by the sun, not by the eclipse. We should wonder less at the earthquake and wonder more at the earth. Thanks are the highest form of thought. Maybe that's why the word Eucharist means thanksgiving. Want more than a minute? Chesterton. Gloryandshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Gloryandshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Gloryandshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul. Unquote. God love you, Gloryandshine.com. Thank you again. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. Dr. Jose Trisankos, the CEO of Children of God for Life, is our guest. We're talking about the Omicron. I was told over the break it's not Omicron, it's Omicron. Uh, but I, from this point forward, declare it's Omicron because it sounds cooler. So there you go. <laughs> Uh, but uh, Children of God for Life, uh, the pro-life worldwide leader in the campaign for ethical biomedical research and commerce that preserves the d- dignity of human life. Praise be to God. We're grateful to have you back on the show, Jose Trasankos. Pleasure to be here. So uh, before we, uh, I cut you off before the break, I want to give you an opportunity to finish your thought. But I also want to bring up that uh, part of the concern that I've seen in the headlines is over the ve- the many, I think one article said over 50 mutations on the spike protein, and they're very concerned this will evade the the vaccines. Um, but we kind of knew already you don't have a one-size-fit-all vaccine anyway. Just like the flu, right. they have to kind of come out with a new version every year. Oh, darn. Oh, golly gee whiz. The pharmaceutical companies are going to make another $7 trillion off of every variant that comes out. Uh, what say you? Well, um, yeah, there is something to that. Um, uh, you know, first of all, let's go back to the number of mutations that they found. I don't think people have uh, ha- have a sense for exactly what the spike protein is. The spike protein actually is composed of two subunits. So it's the S1 and the S2 uh, spike protein. And proteins are large molecules and molecules. And this one's a whopper. Uh, uh, you know, this is a very large molecule uh, com- uh, composed of thousands of atoms. And when they start talking about mutations, I think we need to know a little bit more exactly what are these mutations and where are they? 
because that's going to determine whether these mutations are benign or there's something that we need to respond to. Uh, uh, for example, the, respond, uh, the, uh, the, the receptor binding domain on the S1 protein, that's what, that's what attaches the virus uh, to the, the human cell on the ACE2 receptor. If that has, if, if that has undergone mutation to the point where the antibodies that are produced by the vaccine or the antibodies that are produced by natural infection um, don't recognize it, then we have something that, that is perhaps significantly more transmissible. But, um, you know, it's a couple of, uh, but if the mutations are elsewhere in the protein structure, and again, it's a very large, very complex molecule. Um, if, if the mutations are elsewhere, it may, it, it, you know, the mutations may be um, nothing of concern. But you're right in that uh, COVID-19, the SARS-CoV-2 virus could behave and has behaved very much like the seasonal flu. Uh, and the response to it going forward may very well be that, uh, okay, uh, this is the infection season. This is where we plan on seeing it emerge again. We're going to take our best guess as to what, as to what version we're going to have to respond to. And that's what happens with the flu shot every year. It's a guess. So I'm sorry, go ahead. How do they um, detect new variants? Well, the PCR test isn't useful for that. I, and I think interestingly, um, and, I, and I think this is consistent with the variants that have been detected so far, they come through uh, different symptomology. Um, uh, Dr. Kozi in South Africa uh, started asking questions when the symptoms that she started seeing were different. Uh, and then they started looking into it and then they found mutations in the protein. Uh, and there, there are ways to evaluate the structure of a protein uh, that will tell you that um, what is now is not what was before. Uh, uh, you know, and the PCR test won't do that for you. The PCR test is actually a very coarse sieve. Um, it, it, it looks for certain types of, um, of, of genetic material that, that, by the way, are not unique to SARS-CoV-2. Uh, so, you know, and it finds some of this genetic material. It's only a few things. It's not, you know, it's not looking at the entire gene sequence. Um, so it, you know, it, it finds something that it recognizes and then it starts to amplify it and it doesn't actually even need to be alive. There, there may not be enough in there to constitute an infection or anything of concern, but once the PCR, uh, once the PCR test grabs onto something, it runs with it. Mm. And before you know it, you have a positive outcome. So the test is not diagnostic. The test is, um, uh, actually a questionable value when it comes to, uh, something like that. But when they do, when they do take, um, when they do take a sample from a patient exhibiting different uh, symptoms, they can examine the the, the structure of the pro, uh, the structure of the protein because it is a chemical it's a chemical compound. You can determine what it looks like just like you would anything else. Um, uh, and then they start looking at that, and if it's a if it's a fundamental not a fundamentally different, but if it's a significantly different structure, then they start asking the next question. 
Dr. Jose Trusenkos is our guest, Children of God for Life. And now on the website, uh, I was reviewing it this morning. Again, you got a whole section on COVID uh, there that's really, really good. And this brings up uh, kind of circling back to the politics of all of this, this Omicron uh, variant that many people are already calling for more lockdowns, more <coughs> mandates, and and all of the rest. And in many ways, we feel like we're back to square one. Right? <coughs> Fifteen days to slow the spread, and two years later, here we are, back to square one, it feels. And and they've even, uh, I saw another article announced that they're going to be using uh, cell phone tracking to try to track this particular uh, variant as well. And, and in Australia, they're taking people to COVID camps and it's just getting really crazy. Thousands and thousands of people marching all over the planet uh, against COVID mandates and, and all the rest. And yet, as Catholics, one of the biggest issues we've always had from day one, well before the vaccine was ever announced, I had this conversation with Children of God for Life, Dr. Jusankos, your wife. Uh, and our concern as Catholics was the use of aborted fetal tissue in either the testing, the development, uh, or directly or indirectly uh, in the production of these vaccines. As of right now, are there any vaccines available that do not involve the use of aborted fetal tissue? Um, uh, uh, both of the mRNA vaccines um, uh, leverage the same body of work that was funded by the NIH uh, that heavily used uh, aborted fetal cells in the development in the synthesis of the spike protein. And that's, it, that's, the, that's, the, that's the key to the therapeutic action of those mRNA vaccines. It, it, it teaches, it tells the body, it gives it an instruction to start manufacturing the, uh, the spike proteins, and that's what the body responds to. Uh, Johnson & Johnson is, a, is an adenovirus vector vaccine, but they also used uh, aborted fetal cells in, in the testing of the development of their vaccines. Right now, there are no ethically derived vaccines available. No ethically derived vaccines available. Are there any plans to produce any? Uh, well, there are ethical vaccines available in other markets, just not in the United States. If you have the opportunity to travel wow. to Mexico, uh, there's a vaccine available in Mexico called Covaxin. Um, Covaxin is produced by an Indian pharmaceutical company. Uh, and that, um, uh, that vaccine is ethically researched, developed, tested, and produced. So and why there is are this several not, other examples. Why is this not available in America? Um, uh, and I think that's speculation. I don't think we know precisely why. Um, what we do know, uh, and this could put you on a deductive path that could get you branded as some sort of conspiracy theorist. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> in, um, the NIH and the NIAID and the FDA, um, all of them federal government agencies, have invested a great deal of money in, their, in the relationships they have with Moderna, Pfizer, and Johnson & Johnson. There's a big pile of financial eggs in that basket. And I suspect they are quite protective of that basket. Um, and that may continue going forward because Covaxin, Covaxin is in broad use in other countries. It's been available and data has been collected on it. Hmm. Uh, and it would be a relatively simple matter uh, to leverage the existing body of data and fast path a vaccine like Covaxin into emergency use authorization. But now we have community um, which has received full FDA approval. That's the Pfizer vaccine. Um, uh, but the problem is uh, it's not available anywhere. <laughs> so it's got approval. It's, it's just not available. 
Yeah, that's right. It exists in theory, um, uh, but it's it's available. Uh, it's not available anywhere, and frankly, it's very difficult to determine whether or not the darn thing is in production. So the vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine that people are receiving right now, is not the one that's been approved by the FDA. That is correct. Um, and uh, you know, and practically speaking, there's another important difference. So long as people are 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 receiving the the uh, oh, let's call it the legacy formulation. Mm-hmm. then the uh, the immunity protection that's accorded to Pfizer by law um, remains in place. As soon as they start rolling out community, that, um, that uh, immunity is gone. Wow. Uh, and, and they face liability for vaccine injury uh, and everything else associated with these. And, you know, and frankly, a lot of the vaccine injury information is, is, is concerning. Yeah, I would say in the least. We only have a couple of minutes left in our conversation with you, uh, Dr. Jose Trisenkos, Children of God for Life. Uh, one of my questions is, on going back to the vaccine that uh, Covaxis you mentioned, and it's not available in the United States, why uh, can you speculate or tell me why you think uh, the, the bishops of America haven't demanded uh, for this? Because we as Catholics have been crying out, saying we don't want to partake of a, of a vaccine that had anything to do with abortion. There's one available. Why is there not a demand from within the hierarchy of the church? Um, uh, and uh, You got one minute. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I've never really thought about it from that perspective. Um, and I'm not sure I have a particular, I'm not sure I have a very good answer for that. Um, but I think the USCCB um, has, uh, has historically been advised by a relatively small group of, of, of individuals and organizations. Um, and one might look at the nature of that advice and say, well, that's been kind of questionable. Uh, you know, especially since I, I hate to cut you off, but we are simply out of time. Jose Trisanko, CEO of Children of God for Life. Go to the website, COG4Life.org. That's C-O-G-F-O-R, life.org. Thank you very much for your time. We're very grateful to you. Thank you. Thank that, you very much. That is going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. If you can join us in the second hour, we would love to have you. Today's the day where we're going to give out prizes in the game show. It's going to happen today. So if you'd like to win, you got to call in at the right time. Join us online if you'd like. grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. See you back here tomorrow morning. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. A friend of mine has been reading the Left Behind books. Is there really going to be a rapture like these books talk about? No. The rapture refers to a passage in 1 Thessalonians 4 where Christians are caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Many Christians believe, and the Left Behind books promote, that this being caught up to meet the Lord will occur before the Great Tribulation. Christians will simply vanish, meet Jesus somewhere in the air, and then return with Him to heaven to await the end of time. But notice, in verse 15, Paul says that we who are alive, who are left, shall be caught up. Those who are left get caught up to meet the Lord. The Left Behind books get their name from a passage in Luke 17 and one in Matthew 20. 
24, which compares the coming of the Lord to the days of Noah and the days of Lot. Matthew 24 puts it this way. As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married, and they did not know until the flood came and swept them all the way. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one is taken and one is left. Two women grinding at the mill, one is taken, one is left. One is taken, one is left. The rapture, right? Jesus takes the Christians, leaves behind non-Christians. Two problems with that interpretation. First, Jesus' coming is compared to the days of Noah and the days of Lot. Well, after the flood, who was left? Noah and his family. The good guys, the bad guys were taken. After Sodom and Gomorrah went up in smoke, who was left? Lot and his daughters, the good guys, the bad guys were taken. Second problem, 1 Thessalonians 4 says that those who are left get to meet Jesus in the air. The good guys are left behind to meet Jesus. In other words, you want to be left behind so that you can get caught up in the clouds to meet Jesus in the air and accompany him back to earth at his second and final coming. There will be no rapture like the one the left behind books talk about. That view is not scriptural. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. It is good to be on with you. Good morning to you. Hopefully and prayerfully, your Thanksgiving weekend went really, really well. I have to say, uh, golly gee whiz, probably ate a little, okay, I really ate a little too much on Thanksgiving. I think I had to fast for like 24 hours just to kind of overcome that that full feeling. Uh, let's pray that we don't that we don't repeat that this week, because it's share week across the Guadalupe Radio Network. Starts tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Central Time, 8 Eastern. Praise be to God. Thank you in advance. For everybody who supports our Catholic Radio Apostolate, I just want to say we are so grateful to you for being partners with us in this radio ministry, and it means means everything to us. So thank you in advance for that, for your generosity this week, which means that starting tomorrow, our second hour gets pushed back. So what we'd be doing right now would be pushed back to 10 a.m. Uh, Central uh, starting tomorrow going through Friday, we'll be back to our normal schedule on the Monday after. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, but it also means that all across the GRN, we're going to have these uh, call centers, and that means more food. It's like Thanksgiving again, all over again. So let's pray for fortitude against the temptations to eat uh, all that is presented in front of us, right? Speaking of that, uh, Rudy is here. Good morning to you, Rudy. Temperance. Oh, I should I should write it on a big sign and put it right in front of me. Temperance, temperance. That's always my weakness. But speaking of weaknesses, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning, D. Adrian. Howdy, howdy. It's good to be here. Is it? Oh, yeah. I have plenty of leftover ham, so <laughs> it is good to be here. 
Pray amen, amen. What we need to get, we need to get Lori Oof. to bring in her smoked brisket. Ooh. Hopefully so she's got some left. I was contemplating this. And I was like, you know, I really don't like turkey that much. It'd be so nice to have smoked brisket for Thanksgiving. But then I realized, wait, I'm a traditionalist. We have to have turkey. So you're, there you go. Hold on. You're a traditionalist, yet you've been listening to Christmas music already. Yes. Okay. Christmas. Contradiction in terms. My our friend. Lord became incarnate every Sunday. Mm. So I listen to Christmas music uh-huh. on all uh-huh. year long. Sure. Is that what it's called? <laughs> I was going to say concupiscent nature, but okay. Okay. Yeah. Make Advent great again. You don't have to listen to Christmas music for four more weeks. You don't have to put up any decorations. Yeah, you don't have to. Praise be to God. But you can. God, mm-hmm. Make mm-hmm. Advent great again, man. That's what I say. And by the way, even in Christmas season, I'm kind of a bah humbug anyway. So I know. There you go. He's just perpetually a bah humbug. <laughs> even during Easter. It's even pretty sad. During Easter. Uh, good news today. Uh, praise be to Jesus. Uh, since we are not going to have a tradition, speaking of traditions, Uh-oh. a traditional second hour of Catholic Drive Time starting tomorrow morning. Uh, for the rest of the week, uh, we are going to do the game show, Fear and Trembling, at 15 past this hour today. And today we give out the prizes. So uh, our sponsor this week is Catholic Drive Time. Uh, we are going to be sending you a CDT prize pack. Uh, whoever plays the game is l- like 99.9999% ch- chance of getting some prize today. I mean, unless you get all three wrong. That would be pretty And hard. even then, I probably still will send you the prize. <laughs> So it's literally impossible to lose the game today. So if you would like to win a prize pack uh, sponsored by Catholic Drive Time, then uh, make sure you call in first because it's always the first caller that gets to play the game at the appropriate time. If you would like the phone number ahead of time, well, you can find it on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. And you can find the Fear and Trembling link where you can learn the game show rules, find the phone number and all that, call in ahead of time, set on hold. That's your, your prerogative to uh, increase your opportunity at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Praise be to Jesus. All right, we are going to pray. We're going to jump into our hour. We have some uh, good news segment. We have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and then Fear and Trembling. And then we'll have a little bit of an after show. We will conversate with you about whatever you want to talk about. Let's pray and jump in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now your good news with Rudy Carlos.
The saint of the day is a saint that I am struggling to say his name. Saint Saturninus, a bishop of Toulouse. He was born around in the early 3rd century. Saint Saturninus went from Rome by the direction of Pope Fabian around the year 245 to preach the faith to Gaul, where Saint Trophimus, the first bishop of Arles, at some time before gathered a plentiful harvest. In the year 250, Saint Saturnus, Satur, Saturni, Saturnus fixed his Episcopal see at Toulouse. He converted a great number of idolaters by his preaching and miracles. He assembled his flock into a small church and at the capital, which was given the chief temple in the city, lay in the way between the church and the saint's habitation. In this temple, oracles were given, but the devils were struck dumb by the presence of the saint as he passed by. The priest spied him that way, that would be the pagan priest, passed him as they were going by, and the priest seized him and dragged him into the temple, declaring that he should either appease the offended deities by offering sacrifice to them or expiate the crime with his blood. Saturinus boldly replied, I adore only one God, and to him I am ready to offer a sacrifice of praise. Your gods are devils and are more delighted with the sacrifice of your souls than those of the bullocks. How can I fear them who, as you acknowledge, tremble before a Christian? The infidels incensed at this reply abused the saint with all the rage that a madman could zeal could inspire. And after a great variety of indignities, he they tied his feet to a wild bull, which is brought thither to be sacrificed. The beast being driven from the temple ran violently down the hill so that the martyr's skull was broken. His happy soul was released from the body by death and fled to the kingdom of peace and glory. 
The two devout women laid the sacred remains on a bear and hid them in a deep ditch to secure them from any further insult, where they laid in wooden coffin to the reign of Constantine the Great. The martyrdom of the saint was probably happening during the reign of Valerian in 257. Saint Saturinus, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 11. When Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion approached him and appealed to him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, suffering dreadfully. He said to him, I will come and cure him. The centurion said in reply, Lord, I am not worthy to have you enter under my roof. Only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man subject to authority, with soldiers subject to me. And I say to one, Go, and he goes, and to another, Come, and he comes, and to my slave, Do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed, and said to those following him, Amen, I say to you, in no one in Israel have I found such faith. I say to you, many will come from the east and the west and will recline with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the banquet in the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I love this hint here at Isaiah chapter 25, verses 6 through 9, about the coming banquet that would include all mankind, the Gentiles being welcomed into the family of God. It is a very profound uh, bit of biblical typology that I would encourage you to go back and dive deep on. St. Chrysostom would say this, though, on this occasion, our Savior does what he never did before. Everywhere, indeed, he meets the will of his supplicants, but here he runs before his request, saying, I will come. And this he does to teach us to imitate the virtue of the centurion. Let us have the faith of this man. Adrian, what did you find? This passage is super cool. Cornelius Lapide has a ton to say about this passage, so I highly recommend checking it out. And if you go and look up uh, Cornelius Lapide's commentary on this, it is excellent. Uh, one thing that he notes is whenever our Lord says here that they, he has not have found faith in Israel as great as this man's faith, he says, Cornelius Lapide says, our Lord here is speaking of the ordinary run of people and not all people in Israel, because that would exclude Abraham, Moses, John the Baptist, the Blessed Virgin Mary. And he said, obviously, it's there. He, this guy doesn't have his faith like them. But in terms of the regular run of the mill people, this man's faith is above and beyond any regular run of the mill person in Israel at the time. So I thought that was very interesting to note. The other thing that I wanted to point out, and this is. This was really striking to me whenever uh, Cornelius Lapide says this. I almost want to read the whole thing to you, but I won't. Here, he, I will read a portion of it, though. He says, whenever referring back to the centurion and saying, what exactly? So Cornelius Lapide does this a lot. You'll realize this when you read him. He says he goes into the mind of the people, the characters in the scriptures. And I say characters not to say like they are fictional, but characters in terms of like the subjects and the different subjects. And he's, and he goes into the interior mind of these people and draws out from them. What did they mean when they said these things? Because they said these things that were so piffy, so sweet, so beautiful. And, and Cornelius Lapide draws out of it something that is far beyond it. And he says here, according to the, the centurion is saying, if I have authority over a few soldiers so that they obey my behest, how much more, O Christ, who has power over all things, canst thou make disease obey thee? 
Or if I, who am placed under the authority of my tri- tribune and of Caesar, can yet give my orders to the soldiers under me, how much more canst thou, O Christ, who art under the power of none, but our God, omnipotent and Lord of all, do whatsoever thou wilt. And he goes on with this sentiment. But the thing that's being a God in a cross here is that Christ is everywhere. He's all present and he commandeth and worketh whatever he desires. He does not need to ask anyone's permission. He doesn't need to even step foot in your home. Our Lord is all powerful. He's all present. And this centurion understood that just by looking at our Lord, he knew that our Lord could do all things and he could be everywhere. And he did not need to be come into his home. Instead, he recognized his sinfulness and like him, we should turn to our Lord and say, Lord, you are not wor- I am not worried that thou should enter under my roof, but say the word only and my soul shall be healed, which is much greater than our physical health. All right. Praise be to God. Speaking of fear and trembling, that's coming up next right after this very short break. And whoever calls in gets to be our contestant is like 99.9% sure to get a prize today because today's the day we're going to play and today's the day we're going to give out the the prize because the rest of the week is all share week. So if you want to win the CDT prize pack, well, call right now, 877-757-9424. Phone lines are open at 877 877- 757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Call right now and you get to be our contestant. We'll be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children develop the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of Fear and Trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation 
by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. Praise be to God. I will tell you that on condition, of course. Uh, but what we need is a caller. Now, we did open the lines, and then uh, Adrian shut them off. So they're back on again, praise be to God, and they're available. So the first caller gets to be our contestant at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Call right now, and the first caller gets to be the contestant and is probably going to get the prize today at 877-757-9424. You get all three questions wrong and I'm probably still going to send you the prize at 877-757-9424. But while we're waiting for that call to come through, let me just tell you, there are a few things that we secretly like to do on the game show. We have a secret and hidden agenda, uh, but you have to promise me not to tell anybody this, and I will share it with you. All right, so is that, that the deal? Number one, we like to teach the faith. We have uh, three questions here, and um, we like to look for teachable moments where you might learn something about the Catholic faith that you did not know before, and that's always a good thing, praise be to God. Uh, But we also like to have a good time with our callers. They tend to be a lot of fun. They tend to laugh with us, and we really enjoy that. They're great sports. And then, of course, we like to give out prizes. And uh, because this is a special week, it is share week, which means tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Central, we're going to kick off our Christmas share all across the GRN. It will preempt our second hour. So we've decided today we're going to play the game, and whoever's the caller gets to be the contestant, and they get to win the prizes. Praise be to Jesus. So uh, right now, uh, Adrian's telling me that the phone lines keep crashing on him. So if you're trying to call in, don't quit. Please keep trying to call in. I'm going to give out the phone number at 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Hopefully we'll get those phone lines up, and you can uh, call in, and we'll get you on the air really quickly here. But uh, Rudy... Now, this week, now next week, we're going to have our normal sponsor, correct? So next week, we'll have a, one of our normal sponsors who give us prizes to give away. But because it's a short week, we are the sponsor this week. Praise be to God. So I'm going to send Rudy to your house to mow your lawn. I, <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm not going to do that. We're not going to mow your lawn. I'm kidding. It's a joke. But no. But what we are going to be doing is we have uh, an autographed mug. Praise be to God. And then we have, uh, we're going to be giving out a DVD of the Father Patrick Payton movie. Have you seen that, by the way? It's quite good. We, I watched it with the whole family this past year. I think it was, we, we interviewed uh, that organization, Father Payton's organization, I think it was earlier this year when it came out. And my, my kids loved it. They never really knew much about Father Patrick Payton, so we learned a lot. His uh, rosary rallies were massive. They were huge. They were massive. So praise be to God. Look, the phone lines are up, and they, the phone lines are all lit up. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, and then, So we're going to give out the autograph mug. We're going to give out the Father Patrick Payton DVD. And then I will throw in a free book, prayer cards, and so much more. So uh, praise be to Jesus. Let's go to the phones. Hey, if you guys uh, don't get on today, thank you for trying. Can I just say that? Thank you for, for trying. In spite of Adrian's best efforts to crush our phone lines um, um, we, we're very grateful nonetheless. Jennifer, good morning to you. Thank you for calling in our program. 
Jennifer, are you there? Good morning. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. How are you? Oh, we're great. Praise be to God. Where are you calling from? Um, Richmond. Richmond, Texas. Praise be to Jesus. We're glad you're calling in today. Now, where do you go to church? I go to St. Thomas Aquinas in Sugarland. Oh, wonderful. How wonderful. Praise be to God. Now, are, are you familiar with the game? Do you know how this works? I've heard it a few times. Okay, okay. So you know then, you got to listen carefully. Uh, Rudy is new here, so we don't quite yet know how tricky he is. Adrian, however, is a known entity. We know how tricky he is. Okay. And then, of course, I am your advocate. I am on your side. I am here to get you into that cup. Are you ready to play, Jennifer? Ready, ready. Praise be to God. All right, Rudy, we're going to start with you first. Are you ready? Are you sure? Are you sure? Rudy, can you tell me? Is Advent a season of penance? Hmm. No, it doesn't. I don't know that my kids would agree with you. Patient waiting. Uh, Okay, all right, but your answer is no. Is that your final answer? Okay, no. I wonder what Adrian's going to say. Adrian, can you tell me? Is Advent... A season of penance. Hmm. Is Advent a season of penance? Yeah. Yes, it really? is. It is a fast before the feast. A fast? Okay, mm-hmm. like a, a fasting from things like Christmas music, for instance. No, food. Um, mm-hmm. Abstaining from, like, Christmas joy when it's no, not time for meat. it. Huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Jennifer, let me summarize for you. Adrian seems to think that Advent is a season of penance, whereas Rudy says it is not. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? What say you, Jennifer? I'll go with Rudy today. Are you sure? Oh, no! Oh, man. Uh, see, this is what I'm talking about, the trickiness of Adrian. So on one hand, he's like, yes, it's the right a answer. season of penance. And on the other hand, he listens to Christmas music four weeks before it's time. I mean, to do you so. would argue that listening to Christmas music is penance. I might argue that, yes. <laughs> I might argue for that, yes. But not, just white, this is not about me, okay? This is about the mm-hmm. fact that Advent mm-hmm. is, in fact, a season of penance. But uh, do not fear, Jennifer. We're going to get this done. You're going to win this prize today. I promise you. Even though uh, there's a curveball to the lower right corner there. Let's see if we can get question two done. Adrian, can you tell me? Yes. When does the Christmas season start? When does the Christmas season start? Yeah. The Christmas season starts on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> oh. Um, not according to Walmart, but okay. Uh, I'm just saying. Uh, let's just see what Rudy says. Rudy, uh, you're my only hope. Can you tell me, when does the Christmas season start? Seems, seems reasonable. Seems reasonable. Seems made up. Mm. He's making things up um, again. Okay, Jennifer, here's the deal. Uh, Rudy seems to think Christmas starts on December the 25th, whereas Adrian seems to think uh, Christmas starts whenever the retail shops play the Christmas music and put out the stuff. Mm, 15 seconds. Okay, or Thanksgiving. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Jennifer, what say you? Rudy. <laughs> Survey says... 
<laughs> yeah, I guess. So December the 25th is when Christmas starts. Not now. Adrian, just yeah, saying. Whatever you say, man. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All I know is everywhere I go, uh-huh. I'm hearing Christmas music. <laughs> now, <laughs> I hear it in the bathroom. Like Me the, too. Terrible, terrible. All right, uh, Jennifer, you have won. You, we are going to be sending you the prize, no matter what happens on this next question. But we're going to throw it at you uh, just, uh, just for fun, okay? So we're going to go back to Rudy. Rudy, uh, can you tell me what four things are traditionally meditated upon during the Advent season? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Seems reasonable. Death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Tell you is, I wonder what Adrian's going to say on this. One. Yeah, me too. I, this is going to get wild. Here we go. Adrian, can you tell me what four things are traditionally meditated upon during the season of Advent? Four things. Yes. Christmas cookies. <laughs> what are you laughing for? No, I'm Hot not. cocoa. <laughs> Sorry, morning allergies. Eggnog <laughs> and Christmas music. Mm-hmm. Four things. Mm-hmm. That's true. I, I, that's the thing. What I meditate on mm-hmm. every year. Okay. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jennifer, uh, here's the deal. Adrian seems to think that we would meditate upon things like Christmas cookies and eggnog mm-hmm. and what was the other one? Hot cocoa and and Christmas music and Christmas music. Four weeks before Christmas starts. Whereas, <laughs> whereas, uh, brother, whereas, whereas brother Rudy. Seems to think it's death, judgment, heaven, and hell. College you is 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Jennifer, what say you? Rudy. Rudy. How, how, did, you know, how did you know that? What? I didn't see that coming. College is. That, I thought it was a good guess. Did you? I did. I don't know. I meditated on that every year. Make Advent great again, I say. Happy New Year to you, Jennifer. Congratulations. Thank you for playing our game. Thank you for being so much fun today. Thank you. Praise be to God. Merry uh, Merry, oh, Merry Christmas. It's not even Christmas season. <laughs> yeah. What? Merry Christmas to you, Jennifer. Dang. She threw a curveball and I swung. Did you see that? All right. We're going we're, we're gonna to put you on hold. We're going to get your address because we're going to mail you the CDT prize pack. But we had a lot of fun. So God love you, Jennifer. Have a great day. Uh, that is going to do it for the radio side of our show. Join us in the after show. We'd love to chat with you about whatever's on your heart, your mind. You get to drive that conversation. You can hang out with us on our website if you want. GRNonline.com forward slash CDT. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, for another round of Catholic Drive Time. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to God. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we get a lot more casual about our conversation, and you get to drive that conversation. Now, today is a double whammy. Good news, bad news, Rudy. 
So the good news is uh, we get to have a conversation uh, today in the after show. The bad news is it's a shorter conversation because Adrian kicks us off early so he can produce Bree Dale's program at the top of the hour, which is a great uh, great show. You should tune in for that. Uh, and then, of course, the double whammy is it's uh, today's the only day of the week we're going to do an after show because of Sherathon Week. So four times a year, we jump on the radio and we ask our listeners to fund our radio apostolate. And so this week is that one of those weeks, and we're very grateful to the, all of those that do fund us. It, it means so much to us. So support your local Catholic radio station. It would be greatly appreciated. But so we're going to have a, a shorter conversation today than we normally would, which means jump in early with the comments if you want us to conversate about something uh, that's on your mind, on your heart, and <clears throat> we'll try to get to it as soon as we can. Praise, praise be to God. Uh, good morning to you, Paul. Uh, good morning to you, uh, Jeff Burrier and the Burrier family. Sienna, good morning to you. Genevieve, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Christopher Chance, good to see you here. Pesky Jesuit, good to see you back. We haven't seen you in a while. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Alibi in Angeles. Did I say Al- Albi in Angeles? I think it's Albi in Angeles. Good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out today. Praise be to God. Um, let's see here. Kimberly Sunderman, good morning to you. We're glad to see you here. Praise be to Jesus. Kathy, good morning to you, Kathy. Uh, glad to have you back on the program. Of course, our friend Mike uh, over hanging out at the brick wall, hanging out with us on Odyssey this morning. Good to see you again, Mike. Hopefully your uh, Thanksgiving was great. Praise be to God. I got to go see my grandparents and like some of my kids, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, buddy, Buddy Canine, good morning to you. June, good morning to you, June. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us today. And then, of course, let's see here. Lori, Lori, you got to bring that smoke brisket leftover back to us. We'd love to have you uh, coming in on the uh, the call center. Um, Susan Weber, Gloria Deanne Lopez, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Uh, Don and Luz, good morning to you. Josh, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Damon. Praise be to God. Thanks for hanging out and commenting today. We're very grateful to have you on with us. Let's see. Joaquin, good morning to you. Praise be to Jesus. I think I've got everybody there. Um, I don't know. Are we ever able to see comments on Twitter? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think we are. No. Yeah, praise God. Jennifer was a lot of fun. Yes, it was very good. Praise she, be to God. She was very, very good, and she threw that sneaky Christmas in there at the end. Praise be to God for it, man. I, and I, I, I like a like a bass. I just you're like bit the whole darn. Oh thing. yeah, you're like Merry Christmas to you too. Second. And I was like, what? Can I can I clip that? And I, I just like play it constantly. <laughs> bah humbug! I say, Amen. Bah Amen. Humbug. What a beautiful what a beautiful sound. Um, <laughs> Jeff Burrier, Jonah said, uh, "Will you play?" Um, of course I will, Jonah. Ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened onto you. There you go. Are, are, are you a ska fan, Rudy? You're kind of too young to be a ska fan. I'm impressed that you even know what ska is. Isn't Rudy like 40? <laughs> Maybe. Are no, you I'm behind your age? I'm this joking. There you go. I, I, do I do I dare ask how old are you, Rudy? What? I'm glad you're sitting down, my friend. I don't want you to exhaust yourself. There you go. <laughs> yeah, um, Scott. Sienna said, "Can you play some buttons, please?" 
Ra- random buttons? What are we talking about? Any old buttons? There's random button. Random button. Uh, Christopher Chan says he's a ska fan. That's crazy. Did you ask for the... Ho- what? The horns I don't- of the apocalypse. What? What's, what's going on? It is the season to contemplate death, judgment, heaven, cookies. and hell. Christmas cookies. No. In fact, we're talking about trying to get a biblical scholar on to talk about the end times, final judgment, the, the, the ultimate in global warming. Mm-hmm. When the whole world mm-hmm. is consumed in fire. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, G- Genevieve says, when can you come visit, Adrian? Uh, let me know. I'll come visit. I got uh, nothing better to do. Ooh, I'm, Am- uh, Amber Carey's talking about how she had brisket for Thanksgiving, too. Oh, nice. We need samples. I might be going to, uh, I might be traveling to San Antonio this next weekend really? to just go visit um, a friend that I made on Twitter. That's like, yeah, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I'm i not doing nothing. Yes, exactly. So, now <laughs> everybody knows. Everybody know if I disappear, um, then the Twitter people's got to me. The Twitter's found you. The Twitter's found me. Uh, Sci-Fi Mike has a crazy opinion here. I'm going to read it anyway, though. Adrian's right? Uh, no. Oh, darn Thankfully, it. no. Woo. Darn. Woo, that, gave, that gave me a heart palpitation. No, 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 no. Nothing, nothing that extreme or crazy. He says, some Christmas music enhances Advent. Come on, man. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know what's up with that, Mike, but uh, I guess if you really feel like you have to have Christmas music when it's not Christmas season, sure. Uh huh. That's an Advent song. That's an Advent song. song, yeah. That's that yeah, is Advent we sang approved. That. So uh, "Come Will Come Emmanuel" actually, it's interesting. That song in particular, it's originally in Latin, and it's actually in the old. I think it's uh, it's in Vespers. It's in Vespers uh, during the Advent season. It's "Veni, Veni, Emmanuel," and it's uh, and so we actually sang that for. Um, at Mass on Sunday, Vinny, Vinny, Emmanuel, and they translate it into English. In fact, a lot of Christmas songs actually originate from the Divine Office. Cool. Yeah. Praise so be to go. God. Uh, no, no, I'm not. They uh, tried to recruit me to join the choir, but I was like, you want me to drive all the way down there during the week? Mm, I'm a pass. I'm a pass on that one. <laughs> Lori says instead of brisket, she's bringing chocolate pie. Oh, darn. Chocolate pie. Uh, oh, shucks. I, gu- I guess I'll be able to <sighs> I'll live. I don't know. I but <laughs> <laughs> Sonia. Sonia good, yeah, good luck with that. Sonia, good morning to you. Uh, Lori says you're electric, Rudy. Hmm. Don't start dancing on me, okay? Sonia Sonia says, "Yay, Merry Christmas, Adrian. You will have a Merry great Christmas to time you too. in San Antonio." Merry Christmas to you too, Sonia. I used to love going to the Riverwalk in Christmas season. It was so uh m- magical. Can I say that I'm allowed without being a heretic? Sounds demonic. Say hmm. magical. It had a, an electric atmosphere hmm. uh, with the lights and there used to be a gentleman who played like that uh that steel drum, you know, like the, can you hear the sound in your head about the steel drum? And he'd be, no, it doesn't sound anything like that. I think that's exactly what like, it sounds it's like. It's a Caribbean sound, you know, like the steel drum. He used to play that down there. He passed many years ago. And uh, my buddy Sean down there. went to San Antonio one time. He's a magician and he was doing magic uh, tricks to people uh, on the, on the uh, river walk. 
and he won Street Performer of the Week, and he was literally just passing through. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, are you bro, saying, are you saying the bar is low? Or are you no, saying I'm saying he's, he's really good. good. Okay, yeah, he's really good. They end up. They, he was on. He was on San Antonio News as Street Performer of the Week, and I was like, dude, you weren't even street performing. You just were just doing magic tricks to random people for fun. <laughs> and then it just so happened the news reporter was coming by, saw you, and was like, whoa, that's super cool. Wow. And I was like, bro, like, how does this happen to you? So there you go, Praise Providence. To God. There you go. Uh, speaking of your friends, we've recruited Uh-oh. a friend of yours Uh-oh. to dress up as St. Nick next week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard so, about that. Yeah. Pretty cool. He said, uh, he asked me uh, yesterday, he said, uh, is this costume going to fit? I said, well, Adrian wore it. He's bigger than me. I said, Adrian wore it. He said, well, I'm a little bigger than Adrian. I said, I don't know, man. Adrian's getting fat in his old age. He's been Yikes. Hanging, he's been hanging out with me. Yikes. He did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hanging out with Joe will do it to you. And I'll uh, have, you every, just I'll waited, have right? everyone know I am currently losing weight. I lost quite a well, bit of weight, actually. We'll so. we'll see to that, I guess. Lori, this week, Sherathon, let's fatten the boy up. Uh, brother Rudy, your wife doesn't like the term brother Rudy. <laughs> well. You, Oh. Ouch. Oh. Ouch. Oh, interesting. Uh, hmm. Well, someone's got to do the hmm. awesome stuff, right? I mean, my, I just did a, I think he's referring to, uh, I just did an interview with Brother Martin on my YouTube channel. We talk about his experience with the Augustinians and him starting his own Augustinian community. Is that what you're referring to? Or is that just completely coincidental? Oh. Oh, okay. Well, St. Thomas was an Augustinian, so it's fine. By the way, did you know St. Max's parents, when all the kids were out of the house in religious orders, the, except for the older brother, uh, uh, they left, they, they parted ways and went to religious life themselves? Yeah. Yeah, true story. Um, they got a dispensation. By the way, Mike over on Odyssey says, uh, Thanksgiving was a little bittersweet. His wife's family lost their patriarch earlier last week, so we were without him. Former artillery officer. Well, God rest his soul. I'm sorry to hear that uh, that they lost him. You know, we'll be praying for his repose and for the family too. I highly recommend checking out if you uh, are interested in learning about vocations, traditional Catholic vocations, and um, and just like hearing a like what's the state of some of these um, vocations in the modern world right now. I check out my interview I did with Brother Martin. Um, it was very good. We talked about uh, we talked a little bit about my vocation, and we talked about Brother Martin's extensively his experience. He got thrown out of a uh, out of a well, he didn't get thrown out. He left. He will. He freely left a community because he started being attacked uh, for praying the traditional breviary, and so he ended up deciding to leave. And then his other community that he joined afterwards was an Augustinian community. He was there for six years until the bishop dissolved them uh, for being too traditional. And so then he started his own Augustinian community, and that's what he's doing now. Uh, so check out that interview if you're interested. It's, it's a, it was a great interview. Um, Paul was asking a minute ago whether or not uh, donations can be made for our Sherathon that starts tomorrow morning online. And the answer is yes, praise be to God. In fact, Adrian, we got to get that website ready to go this week. Oh, yeah. uh, we got to work on that. But uh, you can donate online. And if you do donate, please do us a favor and mention Catholic Drive Time. We would love we'd love to uh, – to hear that and be able to read those donations over the air when we are live. We're going to be live at 10 a.m. 
starting tomorrow all the way to Friday. That'll be our Catholic Drive Time Hour for share It'll be 10 a.m. So tune in if you can. That'd be wonderful. Uh, Jeff says, let us know if you head to San Antonio, Adrian. We're just up the road in Boulevardi. We'll protect you from the Twitter murderer. <laughs> awesome. That's good. I, absolutely, yeah. If I if I end up going, I, I'm trying to decide if I should go this weekend or next weekend because this Saturday we're celebrating my uh, I, my cousin's, my cousin's daughter. I don't know how to say that. Is that your cousin? I guess your cousin. My cousin's daughter is having her, I think, fourth birthday party, third birthday party, something like that. I don't know how old she is. Wow. Uh, but uh, so we're going to be going to Chuck E. Cheese. So That's I'm going to cool. try to figure out maybe I can go Friday and then come back Saturday or I don't know. I'm going to try to figure out what I'm doing. Or maybe I'll go the next week instead. We'll see. How fun is that? Praise be to God. I found out over the weekend that I'm going to be going back to Buffalo in March. I'm looking forward to it. But I got invited to speak at the Catholic Men's Conference again in Buffalo, New York, March the 26th. So for all of the New York listeners, we'd love to see you and hang out with you uh, when I'm in town. So I'll be giving you more details about that. But uh, maybe we can find some way of doing a, a meetup or something. That'd be pretty cool. You're brilliant, Don. I'm gonna. I might actually go do that. Maybe not today because I got. We got a lot to do this week for Sherathon. But next week, I probably remind me again next week. Don says you have to get the soundbite from the movie Rudy. Rudy, Rudy, great Rudy. Film. Have you seen Rudy? Yeah, of course. Okay, good. Whew, I was getting nervous. It's not that good. It's great, man. It's not that good. Rudy is great. Sorry, I watched it again. Not even two, three months ago. Maybe four months ago. It's not that good. I watched it with the family on filters to get rid of the to get the language, but Rudy Rudiger. Yes, exactly. You know, uh, we use VidAngel now. Unfortunately, not every film is filtered. Of course, you they only have a selection, and then uh, as long as you work with you, it, it basically connects to your your Netflix account or your Amazon Prime account or things like that. And I think they, I think I read a report that they're adding Disney Plus to their lineup. So what? How is that possible? I know that Disney sued them <laughs> for like sixty-three million dollars, almost oh, that's a lot of millions. Them, so at any rate, uh, we use VidAngel. We love VidAngel. They're Mormons, but we still love them. We love the product because it allows us to watch things uh, that we don't get to normally watch. Thank you, sir. Like thank Rudy. you for your service, Sci-Fi Mike, for working at Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. <laughs> All right, praise be to God. I should be going to San Antonio, through San Antonio, in the next couple of weeks as well uh, for a hunting trip. So maybe Sienna family. Cool to hook up then, too. All right, God love you. That's going to do it. Adrian kicks us off the air because he's going to get ready to produce Bree Dale's program. But we will see you tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, for another round. We're going to have uh, great guests all week. Please tune in. Tell us, uh, share us with a friend. We'd be super grateful. But also, if you can tune in, for the second hour, 10 a.m., starting tomorrow, going through Friday, we'll be back to normal schedule on Monday. That'll be our second hour, 10 a.m. Central, 11 Eastern, starting tomorrow through Friday. God love you. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
All right, Rudy. Rudy's still there. Rudy, Rudy. 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 Rudy, Rudy. I think, did he disconnect? Oh, okay, never mind. All right, I'll, I'll talk to him separately then. I was wondering if I needed to say something, uh, having joined another program. <laughs> no, you're good. We're just closing out our show, turning things around. Our new co-host is um, coming in from California, so he's actually moving to Houston later. But for now, he's uh, coming in on Zoom. Houston. The great and holy place of Houston, Texas. Not to be confused with Corpus Christi, which is literally body of Christ, Texas. Right, exactly. Yeah, people have no idea. Yeah, it's kind of funny that people don't realize uh, all like half of like the South is named after Catholic places. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you, you gotta have you gotta have a little bit of Latin to have access to it. Oh yeah, or at least Spanish. Yeah, that is helpful. French is helpful too. Mm. I uh, I speak French. Um, really, some some Latin and some German. Wow. Um, and the funny thing about my German, um, I hadn't used it much at all for about twenty years. And um, my youngest started taking it in, in uh, Catholic high school. Of course, he's now in his fourth year AP German and whatever else. He'll come in and uh, he'll say something, and it, it suddenly just draws out. Stuff I haven't, you know, I've had in the back of my head I haven't said in years. Hmm. And so I'll just, I'll, I'll shout things at him off Deutsch. Wow. <laughs> He's like, you know, where did that come from? And it's he, back of my head. That's hilarious. I wish, I wish I could do that. Hmm. I can uh, barely remember English. Yeah, bad, bad English. I'm uh, the same way. What's the, the condition that you learn the language in matters how you recall it. Um, so I've learned it, you know, I learned, of course, French in, in high school and, um, spent time in Europe. And so I got a chance to go to, uh, France several times while I was in Germany and I learned German, you know, talking to the locals, but I had a guy in my platoon who learned fluent German, uh, at a bar every wow. time he only spoke it when he was drunk. And so he couldn't speak it sober. So, oh wow! If, if you got him lit, he was fluent. Um, otherwise, no access. Huh? That's wild. I I gotta go and do like some kind of like immersion. I want. I need to learn languages, especially. I need to learn Latin. I need to learn Spanish. You know, it's really good. Um, I don't know if you've ever tried it. Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone teaches you the immersion. Is it really uh, good? It, I've it, always it, it heard people you. talk about it, but I never, it just seemed like so popular that I was like, this seems like a gimmick. No, it's, it's not. Um, I, uh, I asked for Rosetta Stone Latin one for Christmas about six or seven years ago, huh. just cause I, I was having trouble with Italians and moved across the street from me. I know French. And my kids are learning Spanish and I had access to none of it. And I kept trying to cross over and I'm like, well, wait a minute, let me back up a step. 
And so I backed up to Latin and asked Rosetta Stone one, and it, it teaches you basically the way you learn as a child. You see an image and you hear a sound. Oh, that's the sound for boy. That's the sound for girl. That's the sound for, you know, when, wait, when so Rosetta Stone like, teaches spoken Latin. Yes. What? That's amazing. I, cause mm-hmm. yeah, my, my roommate is actually learning spoken Latin, but he's learning, um, by himself he's learning it like that way and he's trying to get me to also learn it so we can speak to each other in latin uh, and i was like latina classica yes exactly i speak, I speak classical huh. uh and the, the rosetta stone teaches you it's classical latin so you're going to speak in the the same dialect uh that uh julius caesar julius mm-hmm. caesar uh and uh Cicero, cicero uh what is spoken. Interesting. So we're talking, you know, first century, second century. It is not late Latin or church Latin. Right. So there's, you know, we used to say pachem for peace. Pachem would be, so it's a harder C sound. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> if you're singing Latin in church um, and you, you're messing with Rosetta Stone, you're going to speak it with a funny accent compared yeah. to everybody else in church. Yeah. My, uh, my roommate's cool. learning classical Latin and he, uh, serves mass the traditional mass and he's like uh who's doing this responses in classical latin and father was like dude what are you doing mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah that's, that's the funny. difference yeah there are some different word choices um and there's a bit of a of an archaeology to it um there are people who, who teach latin who are absolute stalwarts for you know this only way and only this and only that and yeah like, classical latin snobs are the worst yeah and, and it's not that's not the way it is. It evolved into five other dialects that we call them languages now, but they're different uh, accents. So, you know, I, I think it's fascinating. I was walking at you know, Latin one and Latin two Rosetta Stone, and I got deep enough into Latin two that I was picking up other bits and pieces. You know, I go to a Mexican restaurant and I don't speak Spanish, but I'm able to talk to the waiter. Um, walking through a room and there was someone speaking Portuguese on TV and I heard like half a sentence. I'm like, Hey, I understood that. <laughs> That's super neat. It's pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah. I got to do that. I might, I might actually, I want to look into that actually. I'm glad you brought that up. Pretty cool. Rosetta Stone. Uh-oh. Let's see Hi, if Reed. I can move a little bit. Hi. Like you could see like the lovely stuff. I have like nothing in my room right now, but I do have a fireplace going. Yeah. <laughs> but like I have nothing in my room right now because I am redecorating as well as getting internet. I, like my life is chaos right now, but we're just going to work on it. Um, how are you guys? Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's a, uh, you know... Adrian, I thought you were a traddy trad. Not for Christmas. You know, Advent, really. <laughs> I, I, I Christmas is the uh, the one time of year where I'm like, it's fine. I'm going to listen to Christmas yeah, music. Yeah, lots of Christmas. I'm, yes, know, I love Christmas. Time. I'm like, I don't yeah, care. Yeah, I love Christmas too. I, I try to um, put it all together in, in ways that religiously make sense. I, I have me um, too. a little, um, I got 54 millimeter Roman soldier. He's a, a centurion. Um, and he's carrying of a tablet and a staff. And, you know, this is the announcement of the coming of Christ. Mm. This is the, the, you know, we're announcing the census, which then triggers the movement of Mary and Joseph to go be counted. They got to go home to be counted. Right. Because that's, that's the law. 
And so there's announcement, you know, everybody start moving and get to where you got to go so you can be counted. So at the beginning of Advent, I post that centurion. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I That's good. So here's my question. Do you, um, Matt, have uh, torturous ways to, to station your elf on the shelf? No, we don't have an elf on the shelf. Um, my, uh, <laughs> my, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law do, and of course their kids are getting older, but we used to do things. And, you know, my brother-in-law is a, a cop in North Little Rock. He's now a, a lieutenant on the police force. Nice. And we would do, we would do things with the elf, like, and, and take pictures, uh, yeah. if you were watching their, watching their kids, um, one, one Christmas, um, as they were both working and doing whatever they had to do, I sent a picture of, of his elf on the shelf holding a butcher knife. He's up on the Yeah. So I love it. It's just awesome. I, I saw a picture of like a, a GI Joe waterboarding. GI Joe waterboarding the elf on the shelf one year. <laughs> Yikes. That's awesome. Yeah. You will tell me where the gifts are. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so does that list work? And then we can hit other things too. There's just a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, we can, we can talk about today. Matt. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm totally good. Um, the, the whole Rittenhouse prosecute, pros, prosecutorial misconduct and, and, you know, media misconduct for, you know, for that matter. Well, I mean, it's the same thing that's happening with Cardinal Bay Chu, like him or hate him, like same yeah. thing, which is why I put Bay Chu at last so that we can talk a little bit about that because, um, They've now postponed the um, today was supposed to be the deciding um, day for the for the um, the judges, but they've postponed that until the fourteenth. Um, and it's just it's there it's there there's it, the level of um, misconduct has now gone to the point where the prosecutor um, or the minister of justice. And um, who's the prosecutor in Beichu's case in the video deposition, like the video um, interviews that he did literally mentions having gone to the Pope and asked the Pope questions, which means now that the Pope's questions can be called up as as witness statements. So that's what's being done by the by the defense. We haven't seen the, the answers of the Pope. We are requesting that the Pope's answers now be considered and the Pope being considered a witness and potentially the Pope being called in for questioning at this point. So this is, I mean, this is, this is exactly like, what did the Pope know when he knew it? Why are you going to the Pope? Like, this is, I mean, it's just, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Mess, mess. So, um, but that was like, it was no joke fireworks at the last, um, the last uh, part of and Beichu was there and I spoke with the Beichu and he um, has also agreed for me to do an interview with him. So we'll be, we'll be doing that for sure. But man, oh man. And the fact is like, um, Adrian, what are your thoughts on, I know we're about to go on, but like Cardinal Seurat's interview saying that he supported Pope Francis's motor proprio and he doesn't think that the Pope Francis is trying to suppress the, the Latin mass. Uh, I think it's pretty typical Cardinal, uh, Sarah's response, to be honest. I was like, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a faithful son of the church. He's going to defend Francis no matter what he's wrong, I think, but he's, he's just, he's going to do what he's going to do. I mean, this, yeah, this is, you know, the person that so many trads have said, 
that um, was supposed to be the next pope. Yeah, right? I mean, so. I would still be happy for him to be the next pope. Um, it's just he's not he's not the staunch traditionalist everybody people think he is. He's thinks he is. He's, yeah, he's right. a very much cut of the cloth of Benedict the Sixteenth. Um, he's a politician. Yeah, like yeah. any of the other cardinals, which is why it's like. Look, you know, the Cardinals are going to do what they're going to do. This is this is the politics. Yeah, I I wasn't surprised at all. I was surprised by how many people were were surprised. I was like, guys, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to attack Cardinal Sarah for this, but I'm also like not going to praise him either. I mean, it's just pretty typical. So, right. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to lean okay. in here so I don't have the, the sun on my face. If I sit back and <laughs> like this. Has it snowed out. yet? Has it snowed yet? Uh, no, it's all over the place, but I, I did get snow? all the Christmas decorations up. Um, you know, not. crossing over into that conversation. Um, I'm never sure when it should be triggered. If you put it officially, you know, the day after Thanksgiving, then everybody's kind of held to account, uh, which is kind of, you know, I moved everything out of, out of storage and got there ready to go. Um, That's me too. And it wasn't, uh, until my, you know, 17 year olds or 18 year olds said, Hey, you know, we're going to pull this stuff up. Like, oh, we're going on in like a minute, right? Yes. Okay. We'll right. talk on the other side. I'm going to mute y'all. <laughs> right. We're okay. going to be live in 40 seconds. <laughs> 